leading organizations with intentionality and purpose is complex work. And dedicated leaders work tirelessly each and every day to build impactful cultures of collaboration. But effective collaboration is difficult and messy. The good news is you don't have to do it alone. Join the Jigsaw Learning Team for Leading Collaborative Response, sharing insights for leaders committed to establishing, refining, and deepening collaborative response in their organization. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Collaborative Response. I'm joined again by Curtis and Lorna Hewson, lead learners and co-founders of Jigsaw Learning. So hi, guys. Hey, Jen. Hi. How's it going today? Not too bad. Did you guys get the heat wave that we got here? Uh, we certainly did. We haven't been home to either avoid <laughs> it or enjoy it uh, a ton here the last little while, but our grass is saying that it has definitely been warm. As it's we've a little been, bit toasty. Yeah. <laughs> we are the one house on the block that has just a little bit more of a charred front uh, yard than anybody else, but oh well. It happens. It happens. It's grass. It will grow back. Absolutely. <laughs> We're starting today, basically a series of conversations because we've, it's that time of year where we're planning into the next year. And so we've talked about some different scenarios, you know, the idea of what do you do with new staff? What about new admin to a school? What about new admin coming into a school where collaborative response is already set up? So we're looking forward to a series, but today I want to pick your brain specifically about bringing on new staff to a school. So new teachers, Absolutely. new educational assistants coming into a school where the collaborative culture is already in place. Yes. My first question to you, I guess, is why is this onboarding for new staff so important when considering collaborative response? Well, I think, Jen, when we Think about collaborative response and how we've often said that it's never work that's completed within your organization, within your school or within your district. You're always tweaking and adding the next step. When you have new staff that come into the building, I think it's so important that they understand some of the intentionality, some of the work that's happened previously. It serves as an excellent opportunity to be able to reset and review with your whole staff team but if new staff coming in, again, whether it's teachers, administrative assistants, educational assistants, whatever those roles are, if they don't have an understanding of what collaborative response is looking like within the building, A, it can be a little bit confusing in regards to why do we have all these pieces in place, but then more importantly, how do they connect to one another? We've got data that is in place that we're reviewing. There's these continuums that are being referenced. We've got different meetings that are planned within the schedule. What's each one for? And I think without that, we have difficulty maintaining that momentum. We had a principal in a Putting the Pieces Together podcast, Dave Fender, who talked about that idea of maintaining momentum as people shift and change within the building. And I think when new staff come in, it's an excellent opportunity to not only be able to review for yourself as an administrator, what is it that we do, but then trying to bring them up to speed to help, again, that onboarding process just be really natural for staff. And for some staff, especially people who have never had any background in collaborative response, it is a very uh, different way of doing things, especially the collaborative team meetings. Mm -hmm. And so they really need to be able to have that background of what is it that we're trying to do uh, through these layers of teams and especially through the processes that we use in those teams. And I think if new staff, again, don't see the alignment, it may be difficult to understand why do we have all of these, particularly when it comes to the layers mm. of team meetings, why do we have all these in place and what's the intention of each one? So being able to see that alignment is so, so important, I think, for new staff. And actually, the funny thing about that is that once they see the, that clear alignment and the teams and what their function is and how they function with each other, mm -hmm. it gives a level of assurance that they're not alone and that they have a number of other people who are working along that same line with them and really gives that feeling of security when 
you know, you come into a school new, that already is a little bit uh, nerve wracking. But but then to see, oh my gosh, this school has all of these levels of support and there are people who are responsible in each one and there are processes for me to uh, be able to bring forward students within those teams. And I think it again reinforces that idea that no one person is responsible for any one student or cohort of students. They're our students and being able to enculturate somebody new into that understanding and that overall culture of of we mm-hmm. within the building is so so critically important so i'm hearing the importance is not only around the what is collaborative mm-hmm. response but the why we do absolutely. collaborative response in our building yeah absolutely and being able to understand that it's how we can ensure support for each and every student but we're doing it in a way that's supporting one another Uh, as well. And then even extending expertise for new staff to then be excited of, you know, I'm I'm always learning, I'm engaging in conversations that are very focused and purposeful uh, with my colleagues, and that you're going to grow and learn through the process. I, I think when new staff come in and experience that, like you say, it can be really, not just reassuring, but exciting Mm -hmm. to know that this is this truly is a team that that I'm joining. Well, and when you think traditionally, uh, and anyone who's coming from that traditional setting, then it really is up to each individual classroom teacher to attend to the needs of the students who are in their classroom. And so if that's the, the previous experience that mm-hmm. they've had, this is very different. Yes, it is. <laughs> so as you're considering that experience as an administrator, What are some things to keep in mind when you're hiring, as you're hiring, as you've hired new staff? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head of going right back even to before we start onboarding, when we're in that hiring process, making it very clear um, in the hiring process that this is truly a collaborative culture. Here's painting a picture of what it is that you're potentially joining and making that part of the interview process and being able to ensure is somebody coming in the right fit for this if if as Lorna alluded to I'm coming in and I'm very very either used to or comfortable to just give me my students let me go close my door and I'll do my thing this is going to be a really uncomfortable place for you to be in And that might have to be a consideration right in the hiring of making that clear, even having a question Mm -hmm. within within your interview process in regards to background of collaboration. What does it look like when you've engaged in work with your colleagues? And is that something that you are not only comfortable with, but are excited about joining? Um, I think we can do a real detriment to that collaborative culture in the school if we're bringing in individuals who A, don't quite understand the the why behind, and if it doesn't fit a personal philosophy, this is going to become a very, very uncomfortable place, not only for the new person coming in, but the rest of the, the team, if we have a solo practitioner mm-hmm. that expects that's how I'll continue to do my work. But that's not to say that you can't, you can't hire anybody who doesn't yeah. have any experience, no, no, of not. but you want to be able to hire those people who are learners and open to learning and open to exploring and, uh, and being able to just build that practice alongside of the school as they come into the building. So I would definitely, as an administrator, be looking for those signals or signs in that hiring process to begin with of, is this person going to be a a fit within that collaborative culture? So I think that would be the first consideration. Then I think when we've gone through that hiring process, I've even seen some administrators to prior to the interview, being able to share a article of what is collaborative response, just so you have a sense of this even before the interview. Um, And it's really those two layers of understanding collaborative response specifically, having questions around collaborative response specifically, but the other layer is around collaboration. So what are your thoughts and experience in a collaborative culture? So then I think too, that when that hiring has happened, even before the individual 
physically enters uh, the building in the fall or whenever that person is being onboarded, being able to give them a little bit of pre-reading, um, especially if your school has artifacts or documentation like a team meeting overview. And maybe in the show notes, Jen, um, and the YouTube description, we can share an example uh, or a folder of examples mm -hmm. of different schools that have it clearly laid out. This is our team meeting overview. And this is how our layers of support help support students to be able to have that ahead of time, just to start getting a sense of how the school is constructed or designed to be able to ensure no students falling through the cracks. And we've got a couple of introductory resources that that could be shared as well, including a really short video mm -hmm. that gives that foundational understanding. So that would be a great thing to be able to share with an interviewee and having them get a little bit of an understanding about, you know, what are we talking about when we say collaborative response? Again, our, our uh, experience has been staff coming into a building being very excited of seeing this is everything that's already in place to support me as a new person uh, coming in. So if there's any new teachers out there that are listening to this or watching this, as you go through a school's website and you see the words collaborative response, I encourage you to dig deeper into their website, as well as come to the Jigsaw Learning website to learn more about what collaborative response is. Because yes, we're going to link some things in the description, but there is a vast amount of information and resources available to help you further understand on the Jigsaw Learning website. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's uh, one of the reasons we wanted to get this podcast out at this time, because this is critical for this time of year as mm -hmm. you're um, looking at new staff coming in and as administrator planning into your school startup of um, being very intentional about how do I onboard new staff into processes and structures that we've spent a great deal of time refining and building over over time. So you bring up school startup, Curtis. So we've hired our new staff. They've had the summer. It's fall. We're coming back to our building. What as an administrator do I need to have in place or do I need to be considering with that startup? So one of the things that I did uh, within my own school as an administrator is one year I had three new teachers that were joining. I intentionally took in our August startup days uh, 90 minutes where we brought those three new staff in with myself and the assistant principal. And we talked about, here's how we structure ourselves to be able to support. We had a little article that I asked them to read ahead of time and then came in opportunity for them to ask questions and to understand. I think that that first meeting really set the groundwork of this is really critically important within our school and started to develop that understanding because like you said it it's complex all the different components and elements to understand it in a 90 minute meeting is not <laughs> doesn't not even justice. possible yeah, for sure. um, but to at least have that understanding before they we begin into that lived experience that was that was a really critical structure to again be able to ask questions um, for them to say you know well what do I do when I have a student that is struggling? What's what's the process? How do I go about getting help? So the other thing that's really impactful is actually doing an overview and leadership in schools, principals in schools can do this themselves, especially if they have been engaged in collaborative response for a time. But to be able to do that overview with the whole staff, yeah, because it gives everyone that refresh, that reminder that all of these pieces are integral to the work that we're doing around collaborative response and meeting the needs of all kids. Um, but it also allows us to see the connectedness of those pieces. And so being able to do that refresh for everyone, not just new staff, allows us to continue the conversation so that everyone is hearing that same message. And then new staff have the ability to go to uh, senior staff and have conversations about that overview. I think that's a really important piece. We often see schools that are on this journey 
that just keep moving along and they have with, with the new, assumption that everybody yeah, knows what we're they doing have right? new staff come in and they just you know they're going to learn as they go and uh we find out six months down the road that actually they really don't understand what's going on or we missed an opportunity to do a reset with yeah. our whole staff mm -hmm because we had new people coming in. I think that's a great point. I always think we're privileged in education because um, every year we get a new start and we get a new opportunity to think about, you know, how do we restart things again? How do we renew our understanding? How do we move forward together as one and in creating that collaborative culture? So really thinking about every year as an opportunity for us to renew our knowledge and understanding. I uh, recently engaged with a school who said we have a standard PowerPoint that we have that describes collaborative response and then what it looks like in our building. And we just utilize that. We make adjustments each year, but it it's a nice reset for us. I often think too about, uh, we do overview sessions, of course, and uh, we'll sometimes go to teachers conventions and people will come in that have seen this overview session like five times and we'll say to them, uh, you really don't need to come here because yeah. you've been here a number of times <laughs> Good already. Good to see you again, uh, yeah. but. I, I... But the, the response is often, uh, but every time that I hear it, I hear something different. Or I make a new connection yeah, for myself. And, and it really speaks to that iterative cycle of learning that every time we hear it, we start to make greater connections and we start to uh, formulate our thinking around our experience and connecting some of those new understandings. And of course, that just uh, takes us to a greater place. When I come to an, into, into a new school as a staff member, so I'm, I'm learning about collaborative response. We know that there's the three foundational components, mm -hmm. right? So we've talked a lot here right now about the structures and the processes and understanding those connections. How as a new staff do I become familiar with the data and the evidence? How as an administrator, can I make sure my new staff understand what data and evidence we collect and why? So I think with that, Jen, and again, it's, I think it's part of that onboarding practice to be able to say, all right, here's the key priority areas that we have within our school that we've been working on or are intending to work on, and then sharing out, here's our screening process. And hopefully within your school, you've determined when, when in the year are we engaging in in these screens and gathering that data, making sure our new staff can anticipate, you know, whether it's the, the third week of September, we engage in this particular screening activity to gather information. So for them to understand that process, and like Lorna said, it's a great chance to reset with the whole staff as part of that conversation, but to then let them be able to see, this is what our data overview looks like. Here's how we then take that information. And I think for them to then start to understand how that data is going to start surfacing which students we're going to bring to our collaborative team meetings. Now, our experience has always been that meeting to talk about students is not unusual. Most staff um, who are coming into a building, even if they're brand new teachers, understand what that looks like um, or could look like, but we know the collaborative team meeting is not, we're coming together to talk about kids. There's a very, very specific structure for that. So I would want as an administrator to be able to um, sit down and have new teachers specifically to be able to say, all right, we have this first collaborative team meeting coming up. Let's you and I take a look at your data. And from what you know about the kids so far, you've been with them for a couple weeks now. When we look at the data, who are students who are close and you're, you're just seeing a struggle? That, that they're having. I would be very, very specific in helping new staff get ready for that first collaborative team meeting so they don't come in ready to talk about Arnold. And I'm prepped in my mind to tell everyone around the room everything I've done, everything I know about Arnold, all this information that I've gathered about this child in this short period of time to be able to reinforce that's actually not the purpose of this conversation. And I would even as an administrator help 
uh, new teachers get ready for that meeting by saying together, let's let's determine a student that we want and let's together craft that key issue because we know that the brevity and succinctness of that key issue is so critically important to the collaborative team meeting process. And if I can have new staff from the very start, rather than just going off the top of their head, but instead, let's go look at the data. Even if it at this point, it's last year's data that would flag. And again, we've talked about this many, many, many times within our podcasts um, and various workshops and that, that the collaborative team meeting is not about bringing your most at-risk student to the table. It's about bringing a student who's close, who in the data and evidence, the ones that we've color-coded yellow, um, for instance, the ones who are approaching our expectations and let's have those students surface. I would be very, very intentional prior to that first collaborative team meeting to let's dig into the data and evidence together and and I guess in a sense, build those habits mm-hmm. um, for, for teachers. And again, this might be a great time of if I have a new team member in this particular team, maybe I'll do that with the whole team together so that it's others sharing um, and helping to support. But again, so that that person comes into that first collaborative team meeting, really understanding what it's going to look like. We have seen schools as well, where prior to the first collaborative team meeting, I might have a new staff go and sit as an observer in another team's collaborative team meeting just to watch and then have that quick debrief after of, so what did you notice? What did that look like before we then have you engage as a full participant in the next one upcoming? Another opportunity to really explore and dig into that data and evidence is um, if schools have their process articulated around the collaborative planning and those teams are going to be coming together to look at data to to determine their goal Mm -hmm. and a new staff member being with other team members who have already kind of walked through that process around looking at their data identifying their successes, identifying some challenges that they have at a grade level or perhaps at a subject area team, Mm -hmm. and then being able to establish a goal. And that really allows us to dig into the data in a different way, but as part of that process of collaborative planning gives us that goal to work toward as we come together as teams of teachers to look at curriculum instruction assessment and build those practices together. And again, this is making me think that, again, it's an excellent opportunity to just, once again, slow down the process just for a moment because we have a new staff member come in, which is also going to reinforce it for everybody within the team or within the school that, you know, as we start again, we're going to slow down just a little bit to reinforce and re- I guess, Mm re-understand the process together for the benefit of the new staff, but it's going to benefit everyone, I would suggest, in that that process. So the structures and processes keep coming up and coming up. It doesn't matter which foundational component we look at, we know they're connected. So we look at the data and evidence. We've talked in the past about the continuum of supports, and we know the importance of that being a co-created experience for a staff. How as an administrator can I bring new staff into understanding the process that developed the continuum of supports and helping them to buy in and own the continuum of supports in our school? I think, Jen, it goes back to what I already mentioned too of of my own personal experience of that 90-minute onboarding conversation is having the continuum right there. And there's an excellent opportunity to share Here's how it was developed. Here's where we're at uh, right now. We're going to make adjustments as we go. And it's an excellent opportunity when we have new staff coming in to revisit. And now we've got one more toolbox mm-hmm. within to be able to access that we're going to be building and contributing to. But I would have that opportunity to be able to put that uh, in front of new staff and say, is there anything on here that you're not quite sure what it means? Mm-hmm. What questions Highlight. Uh, do you have? And again, this may be an excellent opportunity to use leverage the new staff joining as an opportunity for the whole staff to revisit, to be able to pull out that continuum and say, all right, we're starting this new year and we have some new people joining us. 
let's uh, have a conversation around what are there things on there that we have questions about. And at this point, is there anything missing? Could you could we add some other strategies or ideas as just a, a reset? It's a great reset opportunity. Mm -hmm. The other thing that that plays alongside of our continuum of supports is the folder or the bank of key issues that we've been gathering over time. And that becomes such a massive resource for our new teachers. And of course, we understand that that collection that is being generated through the collaborative team meeting also can influence our continuum of and support. Inform, for sure. And for new teachers, those lists of strategies are just gold. We've... Uh worked with a number of schools this year that have begun to populate websites or Google sites. I've seen one school where they have a massive Padlet that they've developed as a school. And the experience has been when a new staff member sees that, it's a, uh, wow, this- Huge this, resource. Yeah, this huge. is hugely beneficial for me as a new staff member. But if I'm a brand new teacher, to be able to have, oh my goodness, there's things here I never even thought um, and it's going to populate questions that I could be asking about practice right so, from the very, very starting place of coming into the school. So for both the continuum of supports and those key issues uh, collection, uh, making sure that teach new teachers especially really understand uh, both the function of those and the location where they are. <laughs> Now, I've often suggested in different overview sessions, too, of um, referencing a school that I had an opportunity to visit where they intentionally said in our collaborative team meetings, we're going to create a role of the continuum curator. I saw one school call it mm -hmm. Captain Continuum, and it was their job to be offering ideas. And in this particular school, they said they're really intentional that that role, probably not in the first collaborative team meeting, but in subsequent is held by a new staff member because it's an excellent opportunity to not have not only have them with a purposeful role of reviewing and offering suggestions from that continuum that's going to help build my understanding as a new person but it also through the creation of that role and the intentional deployment of that role to a new staff member gives them opportunity for voice right from the very start where I might feel a little anxious um, sharing my thoughts and ideas with colleagues. I'm not quite comfortable yet, but if it's my job in the meeting to offer ideas off this continuum, people in the room expect that because that's my role, that's something I, I'm expected to do. It makes that transition and that building of trust and vulnerability, it, it accelerates it um, for new staff members as well. I thought it was really, really exceptional and and intentional for the administrator to be thinking about that and in that situation they said it becomes hugely important for a beginning teacher to be able to have the expectation placed on them within the confines and comforts of the collaborative team meeting to be able to we we want your voice we need your voice because that's your job mm -hmm. today and so it's a great way to be able to um, bring people into the, the conversations quickly and to get that voice um, interacting as, as soon as we possibly can within our school. Again, contributing to that growing culture of collaboration that you began this podcast with, Jen. You answered the question before I even asked it about the roles, so that's fantastic. <laughs> but in your process of talking about the um, location and the lists and the collections, the idea of documentation comes, right? Yeah. How do we document our collaborative team meetings and our processes? So, I mean, this is this is a special place in my heart because quite often this has to do with the WeCollab software. So yeah. as we bring new staff into our cultural of collaboration and that notion of transparent communication, as a new admin, what do I need to consider about our digital processes, whether it be WeCollab or however else we're recording our collaborative response processes in our school. So again, I think it comes back to that very initial onboarding conversation that starts off in the fall of, if I'm utilizing the WeCollab system, um, ensuring, can you access, let's do a little bit of a walkthrough 
Um, let's go take a look at one of your students' profiles. Um, let's go take a look at our continuum that's built within that software. Um, you're going to get to see it in action shortly in our, our first team meetings that we have, but to be able to get in and access now, if, if that's not a system that's in place, being able to, and again, it allows an excellent opportunity for myself as an administrator, knowing that we have to share it out with somebody else of, have we documented? Where is this collection? Do I have a dashboard that's accessible for staff? Like we said, do uh, I mentioned that one school of the Padlet. Where is that located? How do we access it? Do we have clear shared drives, OneNotes, whatever that looks like within the school? Do people know where to access? And again, it's always that delicate play of um, sharing enough information to be able to get started, but in a way that's not so overwhelming that yeah, too much is shared all at once. I think, again, this is where if you have collaborative planning time established in the school, it's a great opportunity to come into the team planning times and refresh with it, with each team with, that has uh, new team members that are joining as well. And being really thoughtful about the organization of those folders. Of course, we love Google and they <laughs> and they really coordinated things uh, in an amazing way to be able to create uh, access for multiple people, especially in a school. But being really thoughtful about how do we organize it for easy access so that anybody going in there and especially new team members are going to be able to find uh, the resources that they need in an intuitive way. So really being thoughtful about how do we organize mm -hmm. those folders because uh, we know what happens as we just continue to dump things in, it becomes uh, a little scattered and really difficult to find things over time. So we've worked with a number of schools that have their internal dashboard. And I'm thinking of one school in particular, where one of the tabs right at the top of their dashboard was collaborative response. When they went there, there is a description of here's our team meetings and when click here to watch a sample of what one of these looks like. Here's a link to our pre-meeting organizer. Here's a link to all of our continuums. And that dashboard became the user interface to navigate those shared folders yeah. and spaces. I recently just worked with a district where they designed that for their entire district so that when any district staff member came onto their staff portal, there was a collaborative response icon. They clicked on that and all of the resources were in one central location, including folders of samples, um, just a, almost like a one-stop shop for all of the um, artifacts and resources that support the process. And they had built in, even in there some onboarding um, resources for administrators within their district for this very conversation that we're having, where it could be a link to the article you mentioned, a video, a link to our new Collaborative Response 101 overview course, a link to overview sessions, just really trying to make that from a system perspective accessible and that we're really considerate of supporting onboarding, that that's, that's very, very intentional again. And actually beyond the onboarding, it is just access for all staff. So yeah. when you think we often talk about you know, collaborative response is not a model and it's not a program, but it is over time becomes the way that we do things. Yeah. Well, if that is true, then our resources need to be organized in a way that demonstrates that this is just how we do the work that we, we need to do to support the students in our school. Jen, I want to take a moment uh, to go back to WeCollab and to talk a little bit about those student profiles that are in WeCollab and how absolutely incredible uh, that is that becomes to schools as a resource because those student profiles house every single conversation that has taken place about that student. And so when you think of a new uh, teacher coming in and trying to get a sense of who their students are and what they can do right, you know, from day one, for their students, 
that profile that is built mm -hmm. up in WeCollab allows that information and allows we even to the extent of here's a strategy that works really well for this student, or here's a strategy that was really not good <laughs> for this particular student. But those profiles become uh, really powerful uh, collections of information mm -hmm. on every student, not just on students who have individualized program plans, but every student in the building. And you know, Lorna, that's having me think too, as an administrator, for me to go in, let's say into the second week of school, to meet with a new staff member and say, so is there any student that you're um, you're anticipating or even at this point are having just a little bit of curious curiosity or difficulty mm -hmm. with, let's together go and take a look at their profile. And again, it's a way, let's, do you know how to log in? Do you know how to be able to access and look? And let's review that student. And then it becomes, rather than that being, part of that onboarding package when a person's already overwhelmed and and has their brain absolutely full in joining a new school culture but now it becomes really intentional in the moment and now I understand that if there's any point when something's going on for a student even before I bring it to a collaborative team meeting let's say or I reach out to a colleague I get into the process of let's maybe just go give a quick check in that profile mm -hmm. and yeah. the answer might live there before I ever have to reach, reach out. Well, I thank you for the week lab plug because I'm incredibly biased because <laughs> I've been around it forever. And that whole notion of designed by educators for educators, right? Mm -hmm. The software is intended to support collaborative structures and processes and the transparency of communication, but how it works effectively is because people have used it and given the feedback and we've made it better and better and better. So mm. that's, I appreciate you sharing it because I tend to go on a soapbox. <laughs> we've talked about a lot of different pieces now. Mm -hmm. I want to bring you to just one simple question. This question is brought to you by WeCollab. Designed by educators for educators, this comprehensive digital system aligns with the foundational components of collaborative response. Moving from conversation to action, WeCollab empowers classrooms, schools, and systems to provide the very best response for each and every child by informing action-based decision-making with data and evidence supporting student success. as an administrator, do I create a consistent onboarding process? Go ahead. <laughs> I think we've talked about a lot of it already, but but um, really being intentional and thoughtful, I think about, you know, who are the staff members that are coming in? And uh, through that interview process that we discussed earlier, that we already have a good sense of how much they already understand around collaborative response. And then what are my plans in that in those first few staff days to be able to, again, renew, renew the understanding for the whole staff and for those uh, new team members that are coming in. And then, you know, there's it's always valuable to document that process of onboarding, to be able to say anytime a new staff members, and if you know anything about us, you know that we love templates, but, <laughs> but being able to create that template of what are the things that we need to consider, or it could even be a checklist of, are these, here are all the things that we need to ensure that as a new staff member comes into the building that they have an, a solid understanding yeah. around. And then to be able to think about, you know, where do those happen? Do they happen in those first couple of days? Uh, does that create overwhelm? <laughs> or does it happen within some of the processes just involving them? And then having a pre-conversation prior to a collaborative team meeting or a collaborative planning meeting to be able to say, here are the things that you need to look for. I think for myself as an administrator too, once I've designed that onboarding package once, now it becomes something yeah. that I can easily refine or revise as we move forward and then just, again, systematize it so that whenever somebody new, I already have the package 
created, whether that's the folder of resources, whether that's the space on our um, online, on our dashboard. staff dashboard that I can just keep adding to it so that when a new staff member comes, I don't have to go, oh, shoot, what do I have to tell them again? What did I do six months ago when I mm. had somebody new? It's just, all right, here's my onboarding package that I'm utilizing, and it just gets refined and continually built over time so that, again, new staff member comes in, and I just I turn to the package. It becomes, again, just part of my structure. Again, let's use those words one more time. It becomes part of my regular structure and process for new staff coming in. We've we've systematized it as well. And I like I mentioned before, with one district, I love that they've systematized that district-wide so that any staff member coming into any school is getting a similar message, a similar experience from their administrators that just creates incredible consistency across schools. I want to do a plug here for the two of you, because Lorna, you mentioned how much you love templates. Having experienced the overview sessions multiple times, I know the integrity that comes with hearing the message from you. So I know the two of you have put a lot of work into the Collaborative Response 101 course yes. to be available as a consistent message, a consistent learning experience for those that are new to Collaborative Response. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we have actually a number of, of districts and some schools, but districts for sure, that their intention is when a new staff comes, we are actually going to um, purchase that Collaborative Response 101 course. And it's an opportunity for the staff to hear a similar message, no matter which building uh, they're coming into. I heard from one school that their intention is that when a new staff comes, please do module one before uh, over the summer before you come in prior to our first collaborative team meeting do module two and they space it out so that it's it's manageable uh for them but again that similar and consistent message with fidelity like you mentioned becomes really integral we also have up on our website we now run overview sessions online um, multiple times during the year because we know onboarding doesn't just happen in the fall it happens at different points. So that's another opportunity where if uh, if I'd rather hear a live message rather than <clears throat> something through an asynchronous course, that's available too. So I again, I know that the fidelity of the process of collaborative response is so, so important, and it allows a chance for that consistent message to be shared and that consistent understanding, because you know from your experience that when the message goes out through multiple um, viewpoints or or um, experiences from different administrators, it doesn't take long before it becomes a little bit muddy or at the very least inconsistent, especially when we are trying to move forward as a system of schools or as a district um, within this work. It's the telephone tag. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, Lorna, the game of telephone, right? <laughs> yeah. We had an opportunity to speak with a learning leader in a high school of thousands of students. Mm -hmm. So I know that this episode, we've talked a lot about what admin can do. When I think about this process of onboarding in a school that large, the idea of the principal of the school managing that many staff through this onboarding yeah. process. Yeah. Can, can we do a plug here for teacher leaders and the role of mentors? Yeah. And <laughs> again, yeah. that's where I think if you've got that onboarding package, let's use that term mm -hmm. established. Now it doesn't have to be the principal that's walking through. In fact, I would say in the school that you're talking about, there becomes huge advantages to that package being shared by another colleague, by a teacher leader, mm -hmm. by a department head. Um, and again, if you have have the onboarding package that is similar, then I could have multiple staff members onboarding multiple new team members as well, but they're all getting a consistent message and a consistent experience. Well, and you're building that uh, opportunity for teacher leading yeah, too. Distributed which is leadership. Awesome. But 
the the important thing when you think about being able to do that across your building through multiple people is the consistency. Absolutely. So how do you make sure that the message that each of your leaders or teacher leaders are providing is a consistent message across the school? So I'd want to be really intentional with the design of that, yeah. again, for lack of better words, onboarding package, so that it's not, well, I'd like you to go and talk to this person about collaborative response and the message that goes out this direction is different than a message that goes in another direction. The consistency is huge. I think it aligns very much with the idea of systematizing it from a district level through multiple principals. Yeah. Now in a school, we're systematizing it through multiple teacher leadership roles. So that process needs to be clear and predictable and yeah. all these things that you've talked about, Curtis. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and again, I think that then becomes a massive message that is explicitly shared throughout the school of we're all part of this collaborative response work. Mm -hmm. Because every child deserves a team. Absolutely. Well, thank you both, because this is just one of the many conversations we're going to have about fall startup, because this is just new staff into a collaborative culture. We've still got a couple of scenarios of new admin into collaborative cultures and bringing admin into a school where it's already been established. So mm -hmm. this this is going to be some fantastic conversations we're having. So thank you both for making the time to start to share the various scenarios that come with that culture of collaboration. Excellent, Jen. And we'll ensure that in the show notes, um, for those that are listening through their favorite podcast platform, or if they're watching on YouTube in the description that we'll share some different samples and, and uh, resources that we've alluded to within the conversation. Absolutely. Cause Lorna loves templates. I do. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks Jen. Ensuring success for all students is a moral imperative for all schools, but it takes a highly coordinated framework of structures and processes to maximize the collective capacity of the team. In collaborative response, three foundational components that transform how we respond to the needs of learners, we share an organizational mindset that involves fundamental shifts for schools and districts. Numerous school and district examples, as well as access to a large number of resources are provided within the text and in the accompanying companion website. Join the growing number of schools using collaborative response to ensure high levels of success for students and staff, stemming from the essential belief that every child deserves a team. Having had the opportunity to work with Chris and Lorna through a variety of implementations in different schools and different districts, I've had a chance to talk to them about the various scenarios that they encounter with bringing on new staff to a school or bringing new admin into a district or bringing new admin into a school where collaborative response is already established. So today's conversation really highlighted that idea of bringing new staff into a school where that culture of collaboration is already established. And so some key messages for me that came out of this, some key learnings, the importance of systematizing. So we use that, that word, but there is the intention that goes behind that of understanding not only the what of collaborative response, but the why of collaborative response. There's the documentation that involves in that process so that it is very clear. Clarity and predictability are things Curtis and Lorna speak about. Curtis speaks about them regularly, but the clarity and predictability for the admin so that they know what's going to be coming when they onboard their new staff. So they're not scrambling each and every year. Now for admin, that might be systematizing it through a distributed leadership process. So at a district level, through the roles of principals, bringing new staff in from a school level, the principal may be creating a system of onboarding for collaborative response that involves teacher leaders being paired up or mentored by, or a group of leaders working with new teachers. Whatever that process is, again, collaborative response is a framework, not a model. It has to fit the context. Curtis spoke to the idea of investing time with new staff in the beginning, that those first few days and that 90 minutes, that one really spoke to me because 
it demonstrates to those new staff how important the administration feels that collaborative response is in their school, that they're willing to spend that time to go through the structures and processes, to talk about the data and evidence that's used, to highlight the continuum of supports, and to create a plan for rolling this out and including them in the collaborative culture of the school. I think that really speaks to that notion of, again, investment, right? We're front-loading some time so that we can have these really effective and efficient processes where everyone has a voice. The third part for me that I thought was key is that notion that this can be a refresh for everyone. So not only do I have an opportunity when I bring new staff into my school as an admin to review the processes with my new staff so that I can clearly articulate, again, the what, the why, I have a chance to include my whole staff so that they can reconnect through their own experiences and find meaning and relevance in the actions that we're taking to support students so that they can see the alignment between our school priorities and how we support students. They can see the alignment between the layers of teams that we have in our school that do support our students. So that idea that we have a consistent set of messaging going out to the entire staff, but also honoring that learning is an iterative cycle. And every time I get a chance to go through that learning process again, I make deeper meaning of what I've learned about. And finally, key learning. Jigsaw Learning is a fantastic organization that strives to support everyone who's implementing collaborative response. So the opportunities that are available on the website from accessing resources and samples from different districts so that you can see the different things that have been implemented. The opportunity to access the Collaborative Response 101 course so that again, the integrity of the messaging, the fidelity of the process that Curtis and Lorna have worked so hard to describe and have learned so much about by engaging in it with partners is coming really from the voices of experience. The access to the ongoing overview sessions, because as they said, onboarding doesn't always happen right at the beginning of the school startup. So the idea that, again, they can hear the live message coming directly from the team that developed collaborative response. The book is also available for schools that may not need to hear the message from Curtis and Lorna, but are able to take their understanding and implement that within the context of their school. There is no one right way to implement collaborative response. There is just the idea that every child deserves a team and collaborative response provides a framework that is able to be taken into each context so that every student can have their needs met. Every staff has an opportunity to build up their own efficacy and the collective efficacy of their entire team and everyone can find success. For more on collaborative response, visit jigsawlearning.ca or join the JL Insider to receive access to newly added resources and content. Make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast and the Jigsaw Learning YouTube channel to access past and upcoming episodes. Join us again to continue to build your own capacity in leading collaborative response in your context.